Everybody is me, Michael Shara. Now, I don't think I've been on the Puffin Publishing Podcast yet, but I will. Don't let that dissuade you from my message, though. You can now support this show on Patreon. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. And for as little as $1 a month, you and all your beautiful friends, whatever color they may be, can make it a little bit easier to shoulder this show every month. It's a one-man operation, but that one man still got to eat. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. Get your dang ass over there. Officer Mike Hernandez, Banksburg PD. I'm here to tell you all about a show you gotta see. It's called Pet Turtles Live. Pet Turtles, as you know, is a film that Puffin Publishing cast member Vern Tooley's been trying to get off the ground for years now. He's got almost all the money he needs, but he's just a little bit short. Short like Snooky from the Jersey Shore. Because of that, his producers and himself have decided to have a fundraising night of both comedy and music. Comedy and music in the same night? Wow. J-Wow. The comedy you'll be hearing that night comes from Rubber Belly Productions and Puffin Publishing Podcast. If you want to get a chance to see Puffin live again, that's your chance to do it. Pet Turtles Live. The second half of the show is going to feature musical acts such as Mimi Leuk, Adriel, fronted by Puffin's number one fan, and La Pons. La Pons is the artist that's going to be making all the music that you'll hear in Pet Turtles. So if you come to the show and you see her, you're going to be able to get a chance at understanding what the movie's going to sound like. She's incredibly talented, a wonderful singer, and a real sweetheart. A sweetheart like Sweetheart Sammy Giancola. That's another Jersey Shore cast member. That's kind of my thing. And at the end of the night, there's going to be a rap for a sweet like gift box or something filled with all sorts of pet turtle swag you gotta be there if you're not there we're gonna have a real situation on our hands the situation as i mentioned earlier in my very first sketch ever on this show is a cast member from jersey shore the whole night's gonna be hosted by puffin cast member and pet turtles writer and director Vern tooley and after the show you can meet with the cast and crew of pet turtles and talk about the movie it's like you'll be hanging out in the smush room if you're interested in seeing pet turtles live Be there at the Monocle, November 10th at 8 o'clock. November 10th, that's three days before Vern's birthday. If you want to get him a birthday present, you can come to that show. How does that sound? Make sure to like Pet Turtles and Pet Turtles Live on Facebook for all sorts of updates because I know he says it a lot, but Pet Turtles is for real happening. It's shooting this winter. Vern's very, very excited about it. As excited as Snooki was when someone threw a drink at her at a nightclub. Well, that's a different kind of excitement. That was like a hostile excitement. Vern's like a a genuine, like, excitement because, you know, whatever. I'd like to talk more about Pet Turtles Live, but I just now realized that doing this character is enormously difficult for my throat, and it's killing me. Hope to see you there. The Monocle, November 10th, 8 o'clock, Pet Turtles Live, a fundraiser benefit for Vern's movie Pet Turtles. Be there, or I'll lock you up and throw you in the slammer. Because I'm a cop. I'm a cop who likes Jersey Shore. Justin, okay, you so need you're to saying I need, I need to set myself up as like the the movie guy. Go onto yes. YouTube and become right. and become the movie guy or the film guy yeah. or the cinema guy. Cine and, Kevin. And, and, and post these cine Kevin. And not only will I post 
very quick, completely unedited, off-the-cuff reviews of, of this week's big comic book films. Boiling um, and not hot only takes, by the way. Just crispy, fresh-out-the-oven oh, takes uh, that I will also do brief video segments asking you to reconsider films that you thought were bad. And we're right. going to call it, It Wasn't Bad. Yeah. And so we're going to do, half, It Wasn't Bad. on Not half bad? Not half bad. Not half bad. All, all good is what the okay. full name of the series. It's like, hello, welcome back to episode four of Not Half Bad, In Fact, All Good, where we'll be talking about the Matrix Revolutions. Okay, so why don't we, uh, why don't we get an example going real quick? Um, what's a movie that Emma Stone has... I mean, like, she, she's done so many good movies. I know it's so hard so to find them. So many great movies. So many. But uh, let's see. Let me pull up Emma Stone's filmography. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. All right, tap, Kevin. Tap, tap. Uh-huh. Uh, what movie is she in? What does she even do anymore? No, not Emma uh, Watson. She was in you a lot. You don't want Emma Watson to see this. No. Oh, I don't. Like, maybe. Maybe. Why? Maybe after we've gotten Emma Stone, we could get Emma Wa- Like, that could be the new show. If this struggle ever leads to fruition if i ever make it to the mount doom of getting emma stone to listen to this maybe we could then conquer all emmas what do you suck think if you got like three episodes deep and then and then you, you she listened to this god i would hate that so much i would i would legitimately be so mad if she listened after three episodes <laughs> fuck oh Is my god please easy? emma don't Emma, if you're listening to this right now, if you're listening to this right now, please fucking don't tell me. Tell me later. Tell me after a couple years of this. Please then tell me. Don't tell me now. Leave me an iTunes review, Emma, instead to let like under a secret code name like Aloha Girl 69 or Easy A Plus 69 like leave me leave me an itunes review and then come back later and tell me that you watched it boy how quickly is the itunes review section of this show just going to be people calling themselves emma stone saying i listened to this oh it's going to be all of them it's going to be all of them uh okay it's going to be it's going to be all of them okay or should i say should i say cynic heaven oh that's oh that's very good what would what would your not half bad in fact all good review of the house bunny Directed oh. by Fred Wolf. Fuck, I forgot she was in the house, Bunny. Uh, no, no, but it's not her fault. It's not her fault. It was not her. It was not her fault. It how, not, that's how, a, that's an okay movie. Yeah. It, how was it's got Shane Woodley? It's got not Anna just, Ferris. Like, in, not just not half bad, but was in fact all good. Welcome to episode five of Not Half Bad, In Fact All Good, The House Bunny. <laughs> More like the house funny. This is an underrated classic of mid two thousands comedy. Isn't it, I, listen, I'm a red-blooded man, and I like Playboy as much as the next guy, and I've always wanted to know about the secret inner lives of these people. That's why I watched every episode of The Girls Next Door, the Hugh Hefner-produced MTV show about three Playboy bunnies just sort of going about their lives and being all sexy and stuff. But I always wanted to know more about their secret inner internal lives. And yes, I followed the careers of of actresses like Pam Anderson and Carmen Electra uh, every step of the way. I've seen their whole filmography. I want to support these people. Jenny McCarthy as well. That's why I don't vaccinate my children. And um, Playboy's always been a really fascinating place. I definitely watched every episode of that NBC Mad Men ripoff show about the Playboy house because that's the channel everyone wanted to watch a show about Playboy on. NBC, the boobless one. 
So, um, that, that's why I was always drawn to the movie The House Bunny. I saw it opening day in theaters with my wife, Galinda, and we both had a really great time. I, 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 I love the film. I laughed throughout, and I thought for sure when I logged on to Rotten Tomatoes that night to voice my thoughts and to, to add to the audience percentage poll that I would see a great... Um, uh, oh, the freshest movie ever made. And when I arrived at Rotten Tomatoes, much to my surprise, rotten. That's but what I how, say but, on... But how are the critics wrong about their review, Kevin? Uh, they called it not good, but it was good. Please donate are... to my Patreon and stop by Blue Apron. Go on to Blue Apron backslash the movie kevin and you'll get 15 dollars off your first order and also go over to audible.com audible where'd we get all this money no but kevin kevin what was your favorite line um my favorite line was the one where um where uh emma stone's character who i believe was was in a neck brace uh walked into the room and found anna ferris's um playboy bunny character eating a bowl of salad and Emma Stone's like, what are you doing? And she's like, rabbit's gotta eat. Bunny, bunny's gotta chow. And she shrugged. And the and the, the film did not, it dropped, it cut out all audio for 20 seconds. Because it knows, it knew that the audience was just going to lose their fucking minds. And you know what? They did. Wow. Wow, Kevin, that's a really great episode. So, uh, do you think this will get um, Emma Stone to watch this, or like, or or do you think we have to uh, bring up one of her other less successful movies, movies such as um, such as such a classics or or not classics because how unwell they did. Like, hey, uh, the Rocker. Oh fuck! I I like the rest of the world had forgotten about Rain Wilson's The Rocker. The movie where Rain Wilson's like, I'm not just Dwight from The Office, and he, and he played a rock man. Was Josh Gad in that? Am I remembering that correctly? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think uh, Josh Gad was a thing yet. Well, neither was Emma Stone. Anyway, no, but anyway, how, like, you should know. You saw it, and you loved that movie. That's right. Oh, you, want me, you want me to do another another fake episode? Yes. Is that what you're... That's what you're... Okay. Ooh. We open on a scene with with me, Cynic Heaven, uh, sitting down at a at a table in a rudimentary uh, restaurant, and in walks. Oh my God! It's another YouTube movie reviewer. It's uh, Garth Good Movies, and Garth Good Movies sit down, and I'm like, Hey, Garth Good Movies, what's going on? And Garth Good Movies is like, Oh, Kevin, I can't believe it. You remember that film, The Rocker? And I'm like. Oh, of course I remember The Rocker. It's a really underrated film. And he's like, you know, I was talking to um, Bad Movie Brian, and Bad Movie Brian did not enjoy it whatsoever. And I was like, well, that's just wrong. I wish I could say something to Bad Movie Brian. And then our waiter comes up, and it's obviously Bad Movie Brian in a fake mustache. And he's like, I know, what are you talking about? The, the, the movie, The Rocker, she's no good. And I'll be like, you know what else is no good? This soup. And I turn to the camera. I look at the camera. And by the way, in this whole segment, the editing is just so intentionally bad. It's so intentionally bad that the joke is how bad the editing is. Because that's my... That's me. Cynic Heaven's two favorite tropes of, of YouTube content is number one, when different YouTubers meet up. 
and oh boy, it's just a, it's a meeting of the titans. I feel more strongly about when YouTubers meet up in their videos than I did when the Avengers met up at the end of the Avengers. And you got that great circle around shot where they're all like, they're all finally together and they're all standing like back to back ready to take on an army after all the struggles they've got to. I feel more strongly when like fucking Nostalgia Critic and his dumb assholes meet up and make a movie together. I feel very strong. I like that's where the emotions really lie is just people that make YouTube movie reviews. Anyway, then it's like, Welcome back to another episode of Not All Bad, In Fact, All Good. Not um, half wait, bad. What? Not half bad, in Take fact, three. all good. Shh. Fuck. God damn it. Um, welcome back to another episode of Not Half Bad, In Fact, All Good, where we're going to talk about... What the fuck movie was I just... The Rocker. The Rocker, more like The Shocker, in that you'll be shocked at how funny this underrated mid-2000s comedy classic really is. It's got... Dwight from the office in it. See, so you know it's good. Uh, Emma Stone is in it. Josh Gad isn't, if that's a selling point for you. What um, was uh, what was your favorite thank you song for in the watching soundtrack? this episode of Not Half Bad, in fact, all good. I love uh, you. Please go to my Patreon, download backslash Patreon, and uh, you can make sure you check out stamps.com for all your stamping needs. Okay. Okay, Kevin, that was a really good one. That was a good one. All right, I think I got one. All right, there's one more. I think we got to clear out, and I think this one is guaranteed to get Emma Stone to listen to this. You okay. need, like, look, you need to tell the world how this movie was not just, like, wasn't just half good. It was all good. It was one big old pie of good. The Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Oh, eat my ass, Justin Germeroth. <laughs> Okay. We open on a scene in Cine Kevin's apartment where I'm just sitting around playing video games and you can hear Duke Nukem in the background. It's it's snowing outside and I and I turn to my pet dog Puck and I'm like, "Boy Puck, I'm sure having a lovely Christmas." Woof, and then Puck woof. is like, "Yes, Kevin. You're ha- woof, woof. you're having a great Christmas." Oh, but I it Christmas always makes me really nostalgic about the great comedies of the mid 2000s and I really wish that like I could remember my life back then it was so simple I you know I dated so many women and then whip pan cut to the ghost of uh, my ex-girlfriend who happens to be played by internet movie celebrity movie Maggie and movie Maggie's like Santa Kevin you have to remember and and movie maggie sounds a lot like shoeless joe jackson and um i'm like movie maggie what are you doing here she's like no i'm i'm not movie maggie i'm the ghost of girlfriends past the ghost of girlfriends past i say well then that's preposterous oh i'm gonna show you all the great things you remember about ghosts of girlfriends past i'll show you the best things of ghosts of girlfriends past past i'll show you the best parts of ghosts of girlfriends past present and then i'll show you the ghosts of girlfriends past future the future it'll have as a, as a great film that will make the AFI's top 100 before too long. 
And, I, and yeah, we just kind of go on an adventure from there. Please download my Patreon and uh, please make buy audiobooks. Kevin, how's the cin- how's the cinematography? Top the mise notch. Maison yeah. The Maison Saint is on point. There's so much information in the flame. And uh, how was the photography? Directed. The costuming? Uh, Oscar worthy. You really got a sense of who the characters were through the wardrobes they were wearing, including but not limited to Emma Stone's like 13 year old ghost character. Oh, wait, what the fuck? The ghost is 13? One of them is. But, oh shit, that's right. The, the main guy is Matthew McConaughey, so the more he gets older, they stay the same age. Well, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Fine, but she was fucking thirteen. Uh, well, no, she's not. She's not one of his exes. She is a ghost to show him his oh. exes. Oh my god, I thought Matthew... I think I know... I think I have a spinoff for a new... I think I have a spinoff for a show on how not to get Matthew McConaughey to listen to this. And it's call him a pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) I think Hollywood celebrities just need to get used to Trump as our president. Alt-right, alt-right, alt-right. Alt-right. Now you're on dial-up, so it's going to take a little bit for the. It's going to it's going to take a minute, and I hope the the listening audience cannot hear the the horrible sound of my modem uh, connecting to the internet while I while I boot off everyone trying to use their phones right now. But you know, I got important business to do. Daddy's on the phone. Who are we who are we going to try here? So I'm t- Emma Stone at. Okay. We, I've gotten that far. Subject line: Are we going with one on this one, or are we? Or are we keeping no, the I think I think the loot crate idea was a good idea. So okay. we won't do uh, we won't do any subject line. Go through and click in the subject line and hit the space bar a bunch because i think if you leave the subject blank it'll show up as no subject and we don't want that yeah they we just want her to see like just a, a blank just space avoid so avoid it like a like break. a lovecraft story um the the lack of information is the most enticing and nothing hey man, with, can be as good as her imagination will conjure like the what the emails go you know, it's about it's about the keystrokes that you don't hit and that's a reference to like moonlight because uh her boyfriend the jazz. is really big into jazz yeah. yeah uh so i am at the compose email section how would you how would you how would we like to hit this off i think people people like knowing that you're a fan of them yeah and it always you know this kind of like tickles my senses when someone's like hey i, I like this that you did so Think about this. Start out the email. Type out aloha. Oh, God. So good already. Uh, but, could, okay. It could cause but, a problem at, at first because that means both hello and goodbye. So why don't so we specify a, and be like parentheses, hello, close parentheses, comma, enter, enter. Okay, yeah. That that works out. So that aloha, out. hello. And then we are, we are on to the first body paragraph here. I think... Honestly, if we wanted to, we could probably just go ahead and send that, and that would be enough. But let's 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 really let's really let us uh, let, let it simmer here. Take it above and beyond, like she like she did with her film career, you know. Absolutely. Hey, uh, do we wanna do we wanna really let her soak? Because that's so good. Like, and when you have a good laugh line in a movie, like in Wayne's World, when they say like "cream of some young guy" when they're ordering Chinese food, like they leave an, a very noticeable pause in the movie for you to laugh. So why don't mm. we do like? I don't know, I'll do like seven enters so that she can really bask in that. Okay, so here's what you do. Go ahead and then send that email and then just send a new one 
Okay, and okay, let the okay. space between her opening the first email and the second email be the space for laughter. Do I want to sign this at all? You know, you know what? My email handle is, um, my name is part of it, so she'll know who sent it. So I'm just going to go ahead and hit send. Okay. And that, that email is sent. So we're we're halfway there. And I just so got go, the confirmation that that email is indeed sent. And that was that was the, uh, the, the server, the guy at uh, University of Nebraska, he's still eating. So he didn't, he didn't try to stop that one going through. So go ahead and start the second email. Gotcha. Because the way emails work is she's going to get that, that first one you sent, she's going to get that one underneath this new email in her inbox. Yeah. So I would put in the subject line, I would put the five spaces, but then in parentheses, I'd put like, read this one second. Read this one second. Okay. Because... She's in the movies, and because you already left on that laugh line, I would start out the body with this one of like a previously on kind of thing. Last like a, like, time on your email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last time on your email, uh, I said hi. This is Kevin. So you need like a, a good, just a good like punch up for that that aloha joke. But I don't know. Last time on your email, I said aloha, and I wanted to talk to you again before we said aloha. Because it means hello and goodbye. Oh, gotcha. So make sure in the second one you put in parentheses, like, goodbye, so she yeah. knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because she's smart, but, like, we all don't understand things sometimes. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, so Emma Stone's got big brain, and sometimes if those, like, you know, like, Albert Einstein would go to school without his pants on, you know? Because he's right, too busy he, thinking about the nuclear bomb. Yeah, he's too busy on other things and can't remember, like, the, the normal things, like, his address. And Emma Stone is famous for forgetting her address, and she'll show up at, like, the, the P.F. Chang's in her area and be like, I'm home! And they'll be like, no, yeah, and Emma, like, this is P.F. Chang's. <laughs> and, like, we should call this P.F. Chang's La La Land, because that's like the headspace Emma Stone is in. Oh, we should call that P.F. Chang's up her ass, am I right? She knows your, which aloha you're meaning. Where where, where should we go with this? You, we just want to make sure that she hears this podcast, but you also, like, that... You also don't want to let her think that you're Jim Carrey or trying to be Jim Carrey. So I gotta say, I am not Bruce Almighty. Uh, Yeah, this is not Bruce Almighty. I am not Bruce Almighty. I am not your cable guy. Yeah, okay, okay. So she knows, because that was, like, kind of creepy when Jim Carrey did that, you know? Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to do the least creepy version of that possible. Oh, yeah, and and I think right now, like, you're you're at a level zero creep factor. We're at a really safe space right now. And I am no liar liar oh good she knows that you're coming from a place of honesty that's right and because that's that's important when when you're you know when you meet a young woman like emma stone she's been hurt so many times over the years just by men in general that you want to make sure that she knows that you are not a liar liar yeah she got killed in spider-man too so i mean yeah she got hurt by a man in that uh the dane dehan man with the weird face so you're you want her just to listen and and you and you've got the you've got the paypal link let me let me include the artwork for my podcast real fast um just as an attachment so that we don't forget about it later yes yes let's yeah go ahead and and she'll see the picture of her and she'll be like well hey that's that's me she'll she'll recognize and it'll it'll be like the uh like the youtube uh thumbnails like you got to make sure to put a face and it's her face 
what face yeah, would she be more excited to see than her own? Exactly. Yeah, she'll be she'll be excited. She'll be she'll think one of my fans has sent me a mirror. And I know I was in I know I was in Super Bad, but that is super good. See, and that's another reference to her film career that's going to make her really happy. Yeah. I think this email is definitely going to a good place. Like I think it's in a good place and I think it's going to a good place. And that good place is her email inbox. We have Aloha and we have uh, Super Bad, and we have uh, the other references. Do we just want to just kind of copy and paste her IMDb filmography? That she knows that we're familiar with her, her other work too. Um, mm-hmm. So here we have her mini biography, and I'm just going to go ahead and copy that, and then we're going to go back over to the oh, Gmail has that bit of a PowerPoint presentation that she did for her kid or her parents. That's right. Um, so here we are. So, uh, so far the email reads last time on your email, I said, Aloha, hello. And I wanted to talk to you again before we said Aloha, goodbye. I am not Bruce almighty. I am not your cable guy. I am no liar, liar. Emma Stone was born on November 6, 1988 in Scottsdale, Arizona, USA as Emily Jean Stone. She is an actress known for the help 2001 Birdman or parentheses, the unexpected virtue of ignorance parentheses, 2014 and La La Land 2016. Okay, I think I think this, this. So she knows that I know who she is, and much like La La Land, this email is singing, and just like La La Land, I think this is where you put just those like you hit enter like seven times because like La La Land forgot it was a musical halfway through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, hey, buddy, uh, you're making a musical. There's this whole, this whole center point doesn't have any songs in it. Did you forget you're making a musical? You forgot to put the songs in, you goof. I think there's just a lot of MP3s left on the editor's desktop. And when that movie got shipped out to critics, he's like, no, I forgot to put the songs in. Oh, the songs, oh no. An email from TV's Kevin Lanigan to Emma Stone at universityofnebraska.edu Dated the 16th of May, 2017 Subject, five blank spaces Body, Aloha Parentheses, hello Closed parentheses, comma, several enters End of email Another email from TV's Kevin Lanigan to Emma Stone at universityofnebraska.edu Dated Tuesday, the 16th of May, 2017 Just 13 minutes later Subject Parentheses Read this one second Close parentheses Body Last time on your email, I said Aloha, hello And I wanted to talk to you again before we said Aloha, goodbye I am not Bruce Almighty. I am not your cable guy. I am no liar liar. Emma Stone was born on November 6, 1988 in Scottsdale, Arizona, USA as Emily Jean Stone. She is an actress known for The Help, 2011, Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, 2014, and La La Land, 2016. Several enters. Hey, you need to listen to this. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. No, you're not in the desert. That dryness is my sense of humor. 
You pick up your bedroll, and as you throw it, um, the tie that was holding it kind of wound up, un- comes undone. Oh. And it kind of flutters, and then it lands on the platform, but then falls off into the pit. Aw, oh, damn it, I'll never sleep again. But uh, when it does hit the platform, uh, you do see a breath of fire come out, but not from one of the holes by the platform, but from a, uh, one of the ones in front of it. Hmm. Uh, the fire goes on for about a second and a half before receding. Are there other pillars that could be my option to start with because the fire one does not seem like a great start. There's about three that you think you could feasibly do. Um, there's obvi- the one that you can sort of just like kind of uh, take a short little hop to land on. Yeah. Uh, there's one that you're probably going to need a running start and a leap. And then there's one like if you're feeling really gutsy and like full of yourself and I already see the cogs in your head turning, Kevin. I will end your adventure if you fail and die. And I'll never meet the Emma Stone? You will never receive the Emma Stone. Which one did I just throw the bedroll on that had fire? Yeah, that was the short, the closest okay, one. Okay, well, it's not going to be that one. All right, but keep in mind, the fire didn't shoot onto the pillar where you would have been standing. It shot in front of the pillar. Oh, Oh, well, that's different. I'm going to do that one then. No check needed. It's a fairly simple jump. You hop on and the fire shoots off in front of you. You now have three options, left, right, and middle. Do any of them look dangerous? Like, do any of these rocks have, like, a well, the right one has things conf- or tattoos? Uh, the right one has a confederate flag on it. Oh, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the right one really looks like it's holding on to, like... <laughs> an era of human history that it should definitely have let go of a long time ago like maybe definitely the super racist one also it's that the right pillar is flying both the confederate flag and the american flag which should not they're counter they they're the opposite yes so it probably it's not the right one based on your assumptions there you know what i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be a, a difficult modern day millennial adventurer and i'm gonna hop to the middle all right you hop to the middle i'm gonna need a dexterity saving throw from you seven all right so that's an eight as you land on the platform uh arrow shoots out hitting you in the arm you take two points of damage beans what's my hit points you have 18 hit points now 16 now 16 Going on 17. Yeah, these fellas that oppose me in getting to the Emma Stone will fall in line. You bet your bottom dollar. You now have uh, two options forward. The weather patterns and the wear patterns of having people hop on them, have, have, have they made either one of them look like more kindly? Like, do either of these pillars resemble, say, say my grandmother? Roll me an investigation check. Six. All right, and that's minus two, so it's four. As you're kind of looking it over, you can't really determine, like, any real differences. Neither of them remind you of your grandmother. Hmm, I was really hoping one of these pillars would remind me of my grandmother. All right, well, I'll take the right one, because it's the right thing to do. All right, make me a dexterity check. Seventeen. All right, you successfully jump onto the right one. Huzzah! Um, and you hear another trap goes off. Um, this time several arrows fly behind you. It seems that you were able to avoid danger on this jump. Success. How many more of these do I theoretically have? You have one more before uh, you can get out of the room. Okay. Um, and this time you have five choices. Fuck me jumping. Okay. It might. It very well might. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am going to do... Number two. 
Alright, as you land on number two, the pillar begins to sink. Uh-oh! I-I-I jump off it for the exit! Uh, make me a dexterity check. Two! Alright, that's a plus one. Um, Three. as you take that jump for that final thing, your fingers grab hold of the ledge, but the force of you falling ruins your grip and you begin tumbling towards the spikes. Oh boy! <laughs> I don't- I'm not a- I'm not a magic casting character, huh? I don't know, are you? I don't know, am I? I am uh, now! Alright, what spell would you like to cast? Magic Missile. <laughs> magic Missile? Is there a Levitate spell that I would know, just like offhand? You you, you know Featherfall, I'll give you that. Featherfall! Alright, you cast Featherfall on yourself and you begin falling at a much slower rate. Success. That you are still in a pit. Mmm. Heading slowly now towards Spikes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, can I... <laughs> And are they small spikes or are we big spikes here? Um, they're varying sizes. <sighs> Fuck. Um, 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 and I, I have no grappling hook prepared, huh? None prepared. Fuck. You do have a sword. I stick my sword into the side of the wall. All right, make me a strength check. And I have four on my strength roll. Oh, boy. It is not piercing the stone. Yeah! You curse the old man who gave you a dull blade. You have one more action before you hit the spikes. I'm gonna haunt that old man so fucking hard. Shit. I... I, I try to grab onto one of the pillars that was next to the one that I was using, you know, and sort of like a bear hug kind of right. stop myself at all costs. Are you grabbing pillar one or pillar three? Three. All right, you grab onto pillar three. It begins sinking as well. Fuck me! Um, you do still have time. Like, it hasn't fully sunk yet. Okay, I'm gonna try and climb it a little bit to give myself a little bit more time. Alright, strength check. Nat one. Oh. Oh, boy. This pillar reminds you of your grandmother. Oh. You no, hold on no. to your grandmother. Like, it's a nice, touchy moment until you hit spikes. Um, uh, and you take another seven points of damage. Well, that's not great. And I'm down to, um... Eight Nine points? hit points. Nine hit points. Um, well, I'm gonna take a take a bolt of cloth and sort of try and climb one of these pillars. Make me another strength check. Because they've gone so well so far. Nat 20. You immediately grab onto the pillar that looks the least like your grandma. Climb straight up and hop onto the other end. You're bleeding. My grandma was a strong woman, but she was not yeah. a beacon of, like, physical strength. You're bleeding, but you're on the other side, and the door opens. Oh, boy. You arrive into what appears to be some form of throne room. You see very many piles of gold surrounding the back of the room with a chair. On the chair, you see a small woman uh, wearing a red amulet. You uh, recognize this woman as none other than Emma Stone herself. <gasps> My... My lady. And I, I take off my adventurer's cap and I, and I put it to my chest and I bow. You've done well to make it this far. Thank you, my lady. What prize do you seek? I pull out my iPhone. Alright, as you draw your iPhone, I need you to roll initiative. No! Like I gotta fight Emma Oh no! Two. Two on initiative. Alright. Natural 20 on initiative for her. Oh, uh, as you reach into your pocket to pull out your iPhone, she stands up and her form begins to shift into that of an ancient red dragon. What the fuck? Well, Emma Stone wasn't in the monster manual, but dragons were. <laughs> I had to improvise. 
<laughs> oh no! <laughs> she is going to um, use her breath attack on you. I need a dexterity saving throw. Oh, fuck. Nat 20! <laughs> Nat 20! Uh, you just barely manage to duck out of the way as a stream of fire floods the room. Can I at least do a sweet backflip for my nat 20? You can do a sweet backflip. Yes! Um, normally you would take full damage, but you have uncanny dodge, so you take no damage. Woohoo! It is your turn. Is is opening up the iTunes podcast app a free action? I would say so, yeah. Alright, I open up the iTunes podcast app, and I find, of course, my only subscribed podcast. Can we get Emma Stone to listen to this? Alright, you pull up your character's podcast and begin playing it. And I, and I run towards the great red dragon, and I'm like, no! Please! I just need you to listen to this! I just need you to listen to this! And I attempt to, like, leap upon the red dragon's back. Alright, make a strength check. Six. Alright, it's a fairly large dragon. You're not sure how firm your hold is, but you are upon their back. Huzzah! Alright, now quick question, Kevin. How long is this podcast going to be? Approximately an hour, if all goes well. Alright, so, okay, so each round of combat is essentially six seconds. Okay, so it's going to take... It's going to take a hundred rounds for her to listen to an entire episode of this podcast. If you can survive a hundred rounds. All right. Well, I got <laughs> I got a lot of snacks in front of me. I'm ready for the fun. <laughs> it, it is her turn. She's going to attempt to shake you. I need another strength check from you. Oh, boy. Oh, jeez. Oh, Nine. You are immediately thrown from her back. Yeah, I think all of us could have seen that coming. All right. Uh, she's going to take a bite attack at you. No. All right, she hits your AC, and she does 11 points of damage. You are currently unconscious. But the app is still playing. That the would app not have is, stopped the podcast The app is from still playing. playing. Okay. Uh, let's see if she's able to determine the source. Oh, she rolled a natural one. Oh, that means she'll never know where it's coming from. She searches for hours. In frustration, she does kill off your character. So, welcome to Letters. This one comes from a uh, loyal listener named Samuel. Thank you, Samuel. And um, it says, Roxbury, July 18th, 1775, to my dear wife and children. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack. Dear wife and children? Dad? Pop, is that you? Let's move on. Let's move on to the body of the letter, which, oh boy, has no... No punctuation or periods whatsoever. Um, But I endeavor to read my listeners' letters as written and as presented to me. So we are going to do this as best we can. Samuel writes, I received yours with I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family, I understand, is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold the rest of our children. I don't mention because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home, but I have a couragement of coming in about a month. Ooh, something to look forward to. Damn it, I messed it up. Gotta start over. Gotta start over. <clears throat> 
I received yours, which I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family, I understand, is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold. The rest of our children I don't mention. Because I left them well, I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell you when I shall come home, but I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not certain I want you to send me two pair of linen stockings, for I have had two pairs stole the rest all, all are, are all war. <sighs> okay, one more time. Third time's a jump. Third time's a jump. <clears throat> I received yours, which I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family, I understand, is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear and prize above gold. The rest of our children I don't mention because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home, but I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not <laughs> coming in about a month. <laughs> Penciled it in. Okay. I received yours, which I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family I understand is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear and prize above gold. The rest of our children I don't mention because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home. But I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not certain I want you to send me two pair of linen stockings, for I have had two pairs stole. The rest are all wore out. I did not receive in your last letter to me what I expected, but hope to do. Nope. Hope to in... I received yours, but I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family, I understand, is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold. The rest of our children I don't mention, because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home, but I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not certain I want you to send me two pair of linen stockings, for I have had two pairs stole. The rest are all wore out. I did not receive in your last letter to me what I expected, but hope to in the next dear madam, I rejoice that I am able to acquaint you that I enjoy a good state of health and God be praised our company is hearty the dangers we are to encounter I know not but I shall indeed be said no it shall I received yours, which I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family I understand is good, but you tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold. The rest of our children I don't mention, because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home, but I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not certain I want you to send me two pair of linen stockings, for I have had two pairs stole. The rest are all wore out. I did not receive in your last letter what I expected to. But hope to in the next, dear madam, I rejoice that I am able to acquaint you that I enjoy a good state of health, and God be praised, our company is hearty. The dangers we are to encounter I know not, but it shall never be said to my children, your father was a coward, that the event be what it will be, not troubled, make you self-easy in due time. I hope to return home in peace and enjoy the pleasures of worthy wife and loving children, and subscribe yourself, your loving husband and father, Small Cooper. Oh, damn it, Sam... S-A-M-L-L Cooper. Well, I fucked it up. Gotta go back. I receive yours, which I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family, I understand is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear. And prize above gold the rest of our children I don't mention because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home, but I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not certain I want you to send me two pair of linen stockings, for I have had two pairs stole. The rest are all wore out. I did not receive in your last letter to me 
what I expected, but I hope to in the next. Dear Madam, I rejoice that I am able to acquaint you that I enjoy a good state of health, and God be praised our company is hearty. The dangers we are to encounter I know not, but it shall never be said to my children your father was a coward. Let the event be what it will be not troubled. Make you self-easy in due time. I hope to return home in peace and enjoy the pleasures of worthy wife and loving children. And subscribe myself your loving husband and father, Sam L. Cooper. Always like hearing from my fans. <laughs> Kind of, it takes me, it takes me back a little bit, sitting up, waiting by the phone. It might, might be hard for the kids today to sort of relate to that feeling of, of sitting by the phone and waiting for it to go off. You know, in this, in this era of constant communication, yeah, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, forums where I talk to young boys, you know, you, you can contact anyone at any time. You can send them a text message and wait on them to receive it, as opposed to the old-fashioned way... Uh, where you would have to call them on the phone in those bygone days of yore. You ever think about, and this is kind of a new thought here, I, I think I'm really, I'm, I'm breaking some new ground, you ever think about how in today's society we are more connected than we ever have been, but like we're also less connected, you know? We, we are so close and yet so distant there is a huge Berlin Wall that is Facebook, covered in likes and and games and and videos of people in Mexico getting their heads chopped off, and it is separating us from our loved ones in ways that, that humanity has never had to deal with before. You know, in the good old days, we're talking Rome, old Rome. You know, in the good old days, uh, Sparta, um... Stalingrad, they they didn't have Facebook. And I know this this might be difficult for, for a lot of my younger listeners, and there are many of you, you know, six, seven, eight-year-olds, that's my key demographic. It might be hard for you kids to understand what the world used to look like. But, you know, we didn't have laptop. George Washington, the greatest man to ever live, didn't have a laptop. He didn't have a Google Doc to keep track of all of his slaves. He had to do it from memory. We we didn't have automatic electronic cash registers that did all the math for you. We had to calculate the cost of slaves and the change we owed back to people buying the slaves with too much money because someone didn't have something that wasn't a hundred. We had to do that with our brains, okay? We, we had to calculate that with our good old-fashioned fingertips. None of, this, none of this electronic crap. When I was going to the block to sell off the people that I owned, I had to walk uphill both ways. We all got very tired. I took the double hill route. There were simpler routes, but back then we did things that were harder, because we were stubborn, refused to move in our ways. You know, I was, um, I was praying earlier, and I was thinking about how our, how the gods of old don't, don't really represent us anymore. You know, kids, kids are moving further and further away from, from the traditional faiths, and sometimes now I just think, like, 
Like maybe Netflix is our God, you know? Like the real God never gave me all of these great viewing. Where was God when I wanted to watch House of Cards in like 2006? He was nowhere and he had no House of Cards. And I think I'm going to draw some art about this. I'm going to make a really impactful comic um, where like I take like The Last Supper, but it's like, Netflix original characters, you know, and you've got, um, you got Frank Underwood from House of Cards there in the middle, um, and, you you know, you've got, um, Judas, and that's, like, Bojack Horseman, because Bojack Horseman would totally sell out Frank Underwood, and, and you've got, like, John, Jesus's favorite, and it's, like, Pussy from Orange is the New Black, (laughs) and (laughs) you've got, and, like, Kimmy Schmidt is there, and she totally doesn't want Frank Underwood to get crucified, but there's, like, nothing she can do about it. And Titus, Titus is fine with it, but Kimmy doesn't want it to happen. I'm going to give unto you a thought, um, and it, it stems from a conversation I was having with the director of the Missouri Fine Arts Academy the other day. Um, we were discussing the American television series Lost, uh, which I've recently been re-watching, and it is just remarkable, but it it rendered onto me a piece of wisdom. Spoilers for a five-year-old television show. Um, In the sixth season of the show Lost, there is a concurrent timeline running positing um, what would happen if the characters never landed on the island at all, Um, and it turns out that they all became gynecologists. Like, they all they all still interacted with each other. They were all still in Sydney, Australia, flying to Los Angeles, California. None of that changed because of the, the, the lack of presence of a magical island. But it turns out if you were someone that was kind of important on the island, but not super important on the island, um, you just became a doctor or a cop um, so that you could have brief interactions with people that did indeed find their way Um to being important major characters on a television show, which, you know, if you're a doctor or a cop, sorry, on Lost, you're just not a major character. Kind of a way that Lost flips the traditional television script. That was actually something I heard that um, Damon Lindelof would always do in the writer's room when he was leading the, the, the Mormon tabernacle choir of the Lost writer's room. Um, his writers would turn in a script, say, for classic episodes like Some Like It, Hoth, or The Constant, um, and Damon Lindelof would take the printed script, and he would flip it, and it'd be like, now the episode goes in this order, and it was, it led to some confusing television, to be sure, but, I mean, the guy's a genius, what are you gonna do? You can't fight progress. But anyway, yes, the relative status of, of all the minor to semi-minor, um, island characters on Lost becoming gynecologists had me thinking about the importance of my life, about about the important forward steps that I am taking. And we all have to wonder, are we a main character or are we a main character's gynecologist? I'm worried. It keeps me up at night as I wonder whether if things were different, that I too would end up as some sort of gynecologist to a more important character. Are the, are the steps, are the actions that I'm taking to make the best of this one life that I am given? Am I making enough forward momentum to earn my spot as a protagonist and not someone that examines a protagonist's vagina? Uh-huh.
I see. So I need to move my happy ass three time zones to the left and and get myself into the premiere of Battle of the Sexes, which you're telling me is taking place in a tennis court, not a not not man's Chinese theater. As as you would expect, or perhaps the Kodak Theater, where the where the Oscars, which again just completely tanked this podcast for me, um, yes. not in any of those regular venues, is being screened in a tennis court. Oh, that's actually a misconception. Uh, it's not actually being screened in a tennis court. It's being played on a tennis court. So the difference is is the premiere is actually they're going to play out a scene. So she's going to be on the tennis court mm. um, beforehand uh, with opposite Steve Carell. So that might be your opportunity to get to her in terms of uh, get her attention, maybe. I see. I, so I guess the question is, how is your tennis uh, these days? How's your how's, backhand? How's your How's forehand? my tennis game? Mm, rusty. Um, okay. You know, um, okay. So this is a real theater in the round kind of situation. I mean, I, I was a tennis prodigy when I was young, but uh, much like, you know, Bobby Fischer, um, I sort of fell off the deep end. I went crazy. I moved to Iceland. I, I became hugely anti-Semitic. Um, and I'm only just now coming back around that bend. This podcast was sort of going to be my, my triumphant return. Uh, much like, you know, Matt LeBlanc, he was on Friends, to, had, a, had a little bit of a rough go for a little while, came back with um, that show Episodes, which has been running for many, many episodes. This is my Episodes, and I was in pre-pro for this show. I was so excited. The Oscars happened. I became ever more disheartened, but I pressed on with the show anyway. So I will really have to tap into my old training to to pull off this event. I think you should. Uh, and can I ask, was the Iceland, uh, was your tutelage in Iceland uh, similar to... Luke in the swamp with Yoda. That was that was precisely it. I went to Iceland and I found the shortest man I could possibly find. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, if you check the original concept art for Empire Strikes Back, er, there was a version of Empire Strikes Back where Yoda was indeed a garden gnome um, until sort of a late period decision to turn him into like Kermit the Frog's uncle. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I found you know uh, you're familiar with the Travelocity gnome. Ugh, that guy. Yes. Yes. Well, at the time he was indeed in uh, Reykjavik, Iceland. And I found him, I tracked him down, and I said, you are short and magical. Teach me the ways of tennis. And the rest is history. The rest is history. I carried it around on my back. He had me, you know, lifting tennis balls of all shapes and sizes. It, it, it really, like, our our partnership was legendary. Got you. And, and did your improvement in tennis come in the form of a montage? Or was it actually held over four to five months of real hard work? Um, well, that's sort of hard to determine based upon the edit of the film of my life, where my training sequence was intercut with a sequence of my two friends, a pilot and a princess, just sort of flying across the galaxy. And it looks like their adventure takes about an afternoon and my adventure looks like it takes place over the course of a year of training. And then I, of course, went to um, a city in the clouds, the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado, to save them from my father, an evil man. Um, but again, the edit is very confusing as to just how long my training actually took. With you in Iceland, there's not great Wi-Fi over there, right? Oh, no, no, no. The the whole country um, exists sort of without internet. Yeah, that's, a, that's kind of the charm of Iceland. It's mostly, the, it's gnomes instead of internet. They have that kind of gnomey vibe. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, which is why I infinitely prefer Iceland to anywhere on Earth. Um, you know, if they want to, for instance, listen to the music of, of Monsters and Men, their predominant English-speaking Icelandic folk band, they don't have iTunes. They don't have YouTube to pull up the songs. So uh, every night of Monsters and Men performs in the same bar. So if you want to hear an of Monsters and Men song, you, you have to go to there. Um, and listen to it. It's a tradition the whole country can engage in, and the population of Iceland can indeed fit in a single bar. Well, that's great, reliable money for uh, of Monsters and Men. And that's also must be nice that there's no cell phones flashing during the concert, because I find that incredibly obnoxious. Exactly. Um, what are you doing on Instagram? Of Monsters and Men is three feet from you. They're sweating on you. I mean, especially with a heavy gnome population, that it's uh, it seems like it could be a problem with a bunch of flashing lights, fire hazard for one. Um, you know, if, if that place goes up, I mean, it could be huge problem getting the emergency exits with a bunch of gnomes i mean quite literally rolling over each other because bipedal movement is not as easy when you're only two two and a half feet tall right and there are all those gnomes that are like stacking on top of each other to like wear trench coats and sneak into r-rated movies and it's like dude you're 300 years old you could just get in but i understand that being a problem though you know i mean it's it seems like a lot of places they do discriminate against people that are under two two and a half feet tall even people that are two and a half feet tall discriminate against people that are two and a half feet tall so it's a kind of like a hobbit situation Real, I guess in a, it's fine, you know, it's lifestyle, but it just doesn't help in a fire situation. And uh, Monsters Men is known to spit that hot fire. This has been a Talkback Podcast. Everybody is me, Michael Shara. Now, I don't think I've been on the Puffin Publishing Podcast yet, but I will. Don't let that dissuade you from my message, though. You can now support this show on Patreon. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. And for as little as $1 a month, you and all your beautiful friends, whatever color they may be, can make it a little bit easier to shoulder this show every month. It's a one-man operation, but that one man still got to eat. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. Get your dang ass over there.